ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Welcome aboard. We're continuing our marathon. That was Robert and Zvitlana Avila. Now we are uh, excited to be here with Reverend Dr. Don Jeffrey. Uh, Don, where are you located at? Are you in Arizona? Is that correct? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm known as the Arizona Exorcist, and uh, you're the one that gave me that name years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, how far are you from Miracle Valley, Arizona, down near Hereford or Cochise County? Uh, hmm, Cochise County is pretty south. Uh, it's it's got to be two hours. Okay, okay, because because uh, that's right on the Mexican border down there, Cochise County, and uh, yeah. Okay, and then uh, Scottsdale, that area, Phoenix. Where are you at in relation to that? Well, if you uh, were to look at the Arizona map, Phoenix is sort of like in the southern middle of the state, and Scottsdale is directly to the. Uh, northeast and I'm in Surprise, Arizona that would be exactly where Scottsdale is but on the opposite side so I would be to the uh, northwest I got a chance to travel out to Scottsdale years ago for a two day trip to go out and meet this media firm and I got there early and I went out to a place called the Blue Taco I think it was it had some great Mexican food and uh, went over to see Taliesin which was uh, Frank Lloyd Wright house that he built up there in the hills and, uh, yes, okay. That's my recollections of Scottsdale. I really enjoyed it, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been a long time. Yeah. Um, now my focus is on Miracle Valley, the home of A.A. A. Allen, right down there on the border, um, and made some new friends down there. But um, long way from where I'm at now. I'm still in Bali. And, um, folks, welcome to the marathon. We're on a new schedule, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, Brother Don, you want to open us in prayer? Uh, Sure. Uh, Heavenly Father, I would humbly like to thank you for uh, allowing us to gather today and that our electronics are all working so we may communicate and listen and give you all the praise and glory for you are our Heavenly Father and your knowledge is far superior to anything that anyone could even begin to imagine. And we give you all the glory and grace and we thank you for everyone's safety And we also thank you for everyone's health. And we ask that you continue to provide us with such, especially Shannon and his family, knowing they're in the Philippines and it's not as well as the United States, as well as the other listeners out there that may not be as fortunate as I am to live in the United States. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I'm actually three hours from the Philippines. Uh, Where I live is Bali Indonesia. Just to, okay. just to correct you there. Um, I've never been to the Philippines, but um, not too far. Uh, but I've been in Bali now um, for over seven years. This, this uh, Let's see, April was seven years? And uh, yeah, we're, we're still here for the time being. I don't know how long we're going to be here, though. Um, mm-hmm. That's to be determined. Uh, how you been since last time? Well, I'll tell you... Uh... It's been been a while since we talked, and uh, my back had gotten much worse, and uh, it got so bad that for about two months I stopped doing everything, uh, and then I got a partial healing from the Heavenly Father. Wow. Uh, But my spine is so bad that uh, 
the last time I had an MRI, it was 10 herniations plus loaded with arthritis, spondinosis, degenerative disc disease, and uh, it all comes from a car accident back in 1995. And to this day, right now, I'm going three times a week for physical therapy. Oh, my goodness. Um, are, you, are, are you able to um, walk without pain, or um, what's it like? when you put pressure on your body standing up oh it's just pain all the time it doesn't make a difference but i mean it's it's become manageable over the years and uh it's uh, like i said the, the heavenly father uh, healed me partially enough to start continuing deliverance again and uh besides that i also i also had a problem with carpal tunnel in both of my hands and i discovered the reason why was i would bend my wrist when i was sleeping at night wow and and the yeah, the carpal tunnel got so bad that uh i was i i actually woke up in the middle of the night in agony from my hands which it was kind of good because you know you could only have so much pain in one area and that it it stops the pain from the other so it gave me a little bit of relief in my back <laughs> wow but uh the amazing thing about it was three days before surgery our Heavenly Father healed me completely, and I never had to have the surgery, and I never had pain again. Oh, man, the, that's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I praise God. Is, is right. I mean, he just gave me the healing. It was amazing. And when he partially healed my back, it was amazing, too. He, uh, It started to feel like I, uh, I was sitting on the couch, and it was a, uh, a warm, moist feeling that came over my spine, and the heat got greater and greater. And it only lasted about 30 seconds, but the pain got to the, uh, the the moistness and the heat got to the point where it was painful. And the whole thing only lasted about 30 seconds. And then the upper back, which is where I had most of the pain, that uh, dissipated, not all the way. But I've been, pr- I've been praying and thanking him. I only pray once to ask, and, I, and the rest of the days I pray and I thank him for healing. And, of course, when I got this partial healing, what I didn't know was it was masking a lot of other pain. Wow. <laughs> so that all kicked in. So now I'm just waiting to, uh, I'm waiting for the Heavenly Father. It's on his time to heal me of the other pain that I discovered that I have now. So. Well, that's an awesome testimony. you got two healings already. More to come, brother. Praise the Lord for uh, for that report there. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that uh, because you wouldn't want to, you don't want that carpal tunnel surgery i think they have to go in there and snip your ligament and then you may not um, have the same mobility as before praise god for that miracle um we're live with brother don jeffries dr don and uh did we open in prayer yet if not why don't you go ahead and do it we already did oh okay thank you very much and with that um folks welcome we are doing a live program here today today is monday june 12 2023 well, Don, where would you like to go today? you have anything you want to talk about? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, just to uh, continue with the healing, uh, the first healing I actually had, and mind you, I'm getting it set, the information secondhand for my parents, but uh, when I was born, shortly thereafter, I had nephritis, very, very bad. What's that? And nephritis. Uh, nephritis, it's like a kidney disease. I'm not exactly for sure okay. what it was, but basically the doctors told my parents that you know this is 1960 and the doctors told my parents that uh they didn't know if i was going to make it through the night or not i was in the hospital and i was in there for weeks and it gotten worse and my father went out and found now mind you my grandfather my father's father was a pastor but he didn't have a church he was more of an evangelist but uh my mother and father, they, they moved to New Jersey from the south, and they just didn't go to church or anything, but he found a pastor in the next town over, and he went by the name Preacher Tate, and they brought him into the hospital, and they put anointing oil on my head, and he said a prayer for me, and the next day, I was cured. Wow. That was my first healing. Brother, this is forming into an autobiography you're going to have to write at some point with these uh, <laughs> awesome testimonies oh i got i got a ton more i was uh, as bad as my spine was i i had a pool put in the backyard when i retired when i bought the house and uh there was two trees there and the roots are slowly going towards the uh 
pool. So I had to remove them. I couldn't afford to pay anybody. So little by little, and uh, I took them down, and then I had to get the stumps out. And little by little, over several months, I dug down all the way around them, and there's one stump I could not get out. It wouldn't loosen from the bottom. So, uh, and out here in Arizona, in the summertime, it gets to like 115 most days. And I was, uh, I just said, Heavenly Father, could you, uh, you know, could you do something for me about this sun? It's, it's really, you know, affected me. And sure enough, within two minutes, a cloud moved in front of the sun. This is about 12 noon. And the cloud blocked the sun and followed it the rest of the day. And wow. then about, then about, uh, I would say two, three days after that, uh, I was stepping on this. I'm a big guy. I'm 270. And I was stepping on the stump literally to get out of the hole back and forth. And, uh, and just getting in and out of the hole was a challenge, believe me. So this, this was a very long ongoing process. And, uh, I was, you know, stepping on it, leaning on it and everything. And finally, I just, I was leaning on it in the hole. And I said, Heavenly Father, can you help me out with this stump? Right then and there, the roots that were holding it on the direct bottom let go. And the whole stump went over to it, to its side. And I was able to cut the other roots and get the stump out. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty good with, uh, with the Heavenly Father right now. Hey, praise God for that. Now, for those that are tuning in for the first time, uh, you're the exorcist of Arizona. How did you get into deliverance ministry? Well, that was another thing that was slightly weird. As you know, all of us Christians, we have weird stories. <laughs> and uh, I was a Lutheran for 17, 18 years, I guess. And I was a police officer back in New Jersey. And when I retired, I came out to Arizona here. And we started with a Lutheran church out here, which my sister was also. So it was she's been living out here for about 30 years when I moved out. So it was kind of easy for me to find a church and hook up because I'm only a couple of miles from my sister. And uh, we didn't like what was going on there because with a Lutheran church, you have a committee that basically runs the church more so than the pastor. And they weren't disseminating information too good. Like, uh, we didn't have a pastor. We had a pastor that came out of retirement temporarily to help run the church until we could find one. And he decided to stay on for another six months. And they didn't tell anybody. <laughs> so, uh, so, like, we were getting ready for a going away party and stuff. <laughs> so, we left the church and we went to a non-denominational now, with the Lutheran Church, you get a sprinkling for baptism. When we went to the non-denominational, I got a full immersion baptism, as did my wife. And slowly, over the course of three weeks, I got the calling to do deliverance, and I really didn't even know what it was. But uh, it was a very, very urgent calling. And in the calling, I had to go to school, and I hate school. So I did two years, most of it you could do online now, which made it a lot easier. And I did two years of seminary in one year. And at the time, I was also studying uh, exorcism under several ministers, including uh, the late Peter Whiffen from Australia. I was working with him on Skype. Oh, yeah. And he, and he was teaching me a lot of stuff. And basically, we were tag teaming, you know, um, getting evil spirits out of people on Skype. And uh, then after I've been doing it about five years, of course, after I received an advanced, you know, diploma and stuff, I, uh, I hooked up with Bob Larson also. I was doing it for about five years when I hooked up with him. I took his courses as well. Let me um, and, stop and ask you a question there before you continue. How did you like sure. that course by Bob Larson? I understand he's got some new ones also that are, are coming out. Uh, what was your impression of the course? Well, I'll tell you, this is what I learned from the course. It's a great course. It really is. Uh, but the one problem with the course is a lot of people take it thinking that I'll learn deliverance myself and I'll be able to get the evil spirits out myself. Well, what you have to realize is if you have evil spirits in you, they're going to prevent you from learning what you need to know. They're just going to confuse you. And it's like reading the Bible. I mean, once you, you know, when you're in Genesis in the beginning, this person begot that one, this one, it gets confusing. You tend to skip over. So there's things that the evil spirits may make you skip over or not understand. 
and thus you're not going to be able to help yourself so before you take any of these courses i suggest that you get an exorcism yourself uh and you know the way the roman catholics do it they say you know go to a doctor first and then a psychiatrist but you know if you go if you go and get an exorcism and you don't have any evil spirits then nothing's going to happen and it's a lot cheaper than going to a psychiatrist that gets five hundred dollars an hour or something so you know you and you know most of the time when you do have an exorcism 90 percent of the time the evil spirits come out through yawning so it's not like tv so did you um do you learn merely the history of deliverance ministry in the course or is there anything that you can actually uh, apply to um, ministry if you want to go out and do it after having completed the course okay well the first course basically touches on the history and a lot of things like that and the basics of it and it gives you a good overall understanding on exactly what it is uh the second course uh actually teaches you how to do it he tells you you pick up the cross you hold it you look over the cross you make sure they see the cross their eyes are open and he gets involved in things like that okay plus he also touches on disassociate identity disorder which you know has helped me drastically because i would be in the middle of doing an exorcism on someone and all of a sudden someone would start speaking through them and it wasn't an evil spirit it's like well who are you and uh you know that these disassociate identities if you you have to know how to get them out uh because what will happen is when they are in someone they're usually controlled by an evil spirit so you have to go through breaking all of that you know in order to get it out he has done an amazing number of exorcisms over the year i wouldn't be surprised if he's done more than any other living man of course there's some in hot pursuit i know some other guys pretty busy too uh, now let me throw it back to you so you went through the bob larson training program what was next well it, it wasn't only that but uh, i also met another deliverance minister and we kind of worked together we we weren't really doing uh exorcisms together but we communicated almost daily back in a day uh sharing experiences and things that we would pick up like um, i had one exorcism where the woman was speaking to a spiritualist and they agreed that it would be a good idea to put a white giant rabbit spirit inside their eight-year-old daughter to protect her wow and yeah and then of course she became a christian forgot about it and then the girl starts having nightmares that if of this big tall rabbit with blood coming out of its mouth and everything else and what i had discovered was and i discovered two things with this the first thing i discovered was i had to have the mother repent for the sins because the girl wasn't old enough to even be baptized because you have to have a full understanding of what, who christ is before you come to him so therefore it was it could be the mother or the father but it's better the mother because the mother is the one that gave birth to the child so i had the mother uh, ask forgiveness on behalf of the child and i uh, gave her a little bit of holy water to drink i drank it as well and uh, prayer and all i had to do was do that and say come out in jesus name and she got up and ran to the bathroom and after that uh she never had a problem again that's amazing so they, a um, mother yeah. actually put a spirit in her child and that actually happens, folks. It happens a lot of times over in the African cultures, too. At birth, demons, succubus demons are implanted. Dr. Erica Shepard told me that one time. And uh, it causes uh, a lot of promiscuity and a lot of terrible things to happen. Um, uh, there's also a big thing, uh, especially around here because we're so close to Mexico, too, that uh, I, I can't remember the name, but it's sort of like a a version of mary but it's a skeleton i think it's called myrta or morte. something like that el morte yeah el morte and uh they pray to that thing and they they have it come to protect their children and everything else and that that's a big problem also i ran These into people... el morte face to face in a bathroom mm. i was in tijuana i was living on the dark side in a backslidden state had traveled down into Tijuana, was in this bathroom. 
whether they'd use the restroom and I'm looking up over the toilet and sitting right up there on the top of the toilet Don was this platter like a serving platter and on this platter was some Mexican rice a uh, chicken leg a piece of bread some candles and this foot tall red grim reaper you know the one with the long red robe and it had a sickle in its hand and it had yes. the face of a skull and I'm saying what the hell is this this is from hell it was El Muerte, Santa Muerte death, Muerte means death and it's the patron mm-hmm. saint of prostitutes cartel thieves drug dealers uh, people living on the dark side they worship this mm-hmm. and um, I also noticed that some of these girls over there in the Tijuana bars uh, would wear this bracelet and it had a miniature death angel this one was mm-hmm. all black with a sickle and I asked I said what's this oh that uh, that brings us success good luck and I was talking to a, uh, a young lady of the night her name was Anna she was in her early 20s maybe 25 she had been in the sex trade for a very long time working Tijuana bars come up out of Mexico somewhere old Mexico and uh, she owned a couple homes in Mexico had uh, nice Broncos had a restaurant back home and she said uh, this is all because of El Muerte it brought her great success and uh, this is what people would do and of course they would go into these uh, uh, let's see which well what do you uh, you call them um, uh, botanicas uh, botanica mm-hmm. going to these uh, shops where they would have these candles that you would uh, buy and you'd light them and they were basically magic candles you know bring you success bring you love like love potion number nine except you do it in a candle form and uh, right brujeria witchcraft well make a long story short I was um, in Tijuana looking for a place and I was over at this apartment and in this apartment was Anna and her boyfriend and I was able to stay a few weeks through another friend that knew Anna uh, in this second room this was not a great place to be but it's where I was and uh, every day I'd go to the restroom you know and I'd have to look at this death angel and then I would uh, go across the border and uh, well I, actually I was in Tijuana yeah I would go across the border of San Diego that's where I was working temp job at the time back around 2000 and uh, mm. I would pray every night uh, and say Father God surround me with your warrior angels in Jesus name and God honored that as I found out uh, I got angry and looked at this demon really it was just a demon looking at you over the toilet every day and I'm going to get a little bit graphic here I went in there and I peed on this uh, demon (laughs) sprinkled it took my shower and got the hell out of there and went to work within 24 hours I was on the street this girl Anna comes in Don and she says I want to tell you I'm a witch and I said oh great she says I saw two, two evil men in your bedroom you must leave well she was nice enough to help me uh, try to find another place but I had to get out in 24 hours she was a witch I had I had desecrated her her god defiled it and it was pissed off I literally pissed on it uh, pun intended and uh, what she saw was what she termed two evil spirits but they were actually guardian angels of God God had them in there protecting me now mm-hmm. I was in a repentant state but I was still in a bad place and uh, God honored that prayer and he protected me and I was out of there but just to show you the power in the spirit world she saw it she saw my angels her demons were not happy and then I did the uh, I literally <laughs> defiled that temple uh, they were not happy um, but those things are very real very real they're worshipped today they're all over in that culture and it's witch witchcraft folks it's voodoo uh, well it's not voodoo but I mean you know it's, it's, it's black magic yeah that's the term I'm looking for and uh, how did I get off on that subject uh, 
you ran into it yourself, Santa Muerte. Um, one more interesting story. I'm up in Vegas before I moved here, and I used to go to this restaurant called El Machuacan. It's named after Machuacan, Mexico, you know, famous part of Mexico. Mm-hmm. A lot of cartel live there, by the way. And I noticed something odd, Don. I would go in this restaurant, had great Mexican food, but uh, it had some kind of strange decorations. And you'd look up there, and the, uh, they had these little pedestals up in the wall, and you would see these things uh, that kind of looked like El Muerte, except it looked more like a lady in a beautiful dress, and you would see part of the, the blouse open, and you would see her rib cage. So it was like a skeleton woman, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll see these things come out during the Day of the Dead celebrations over there in Mexico. I used to see it in Tijuana. Right. But um, with long hair, but I think it's you know just another form of this Santa Muerte, really evil stuff. I didn't feel good about eating in there, but the food was good, and um, I just didn't pay attention to those idols if I could help it. And just listen to the Mexican music, but um, this stuff's real, folks, and that is what you're dealing with south of the border. And many of these drug cartel will whip themselves up into a drunken state, and then they uh, they begin to cut people up over there and torture them. Uh, drunken, and they offer them to their demon gods like El Muerte. Real stuff, true stories. Don, back to you. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. The, the thing is, it's not just south of the border. I mean, uh, I've uh, I've seen videos on, because uh, of course I research this stuff as well, because you have to. I mean, you know, I have, you have to know what witchcraft is in order to fight it. And, uh, I know I've seen videos where soccer moms, you know, with the so- with the van and everything else, they swear, oh, all of my kids have uh, El Marte uh, protect. I have uh, El Marte protecting them. Wow. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just insane what's going on, and they seem to be fine with it. You know, it's it's like they're taking a Roman Catholic saint or something and praying to to that in order to get protection. Instead, they're using El Marte to do it. And you know, uh, in min- much of the culture from Mexico of people that are involved in witchcraft, a.k.a. brujeria in Spanish, mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot of the Latinos, uh, they put these little um, bracelets made out of colored yarn around the wrist of their children. And you say, what's mm-hmm. that? That's like a talisman. I mean, that's like a, um, what do you call that? Um, it's like a, is it not a tal? is it a talisman? It's a uh, charm, good luck charm. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, to post to protect their children. This is demonic, mm-hmm. folks. Cut those things off. Over here in Bali, the Hindu populations is very large, more than the Muslim in Bali, but overall the nation's Muslim primarily. And I began to see these similar things. Colored yarn bracelet. I asked a Balinese person one day, I said, what are these? They said, well, every time you go to a major temple event, because they all go down to worship at their, their Hindu Balinese temples for special occasions. They, they have these things they do. And that's one of the things you get. And it shows how many times you've been to that ceremony and you wear them until they fall off. That means you take a shower, whatever, you don't ever take them off. Only when they fall off are they allowed to come off. And I've seen people with up to three of these on them. And um, again, it's supposed to be a link between you and the temple gods, and it's supposed to bring you protection. But it's doing the opposite, isn't it? Uh, is this bringing them protection, Don? Uh, you know, it may in the beginning, because, you know, these evil, they're all evil spirits, they're all the same. They're either demons from the Nephilim line or they're fallen angels. They're just taking on a persona of something to trick somebody. And it, it, they may in the, in the very beginning, but ultimately they want to keep you away from God. And uh, there's no qualms about it. Eventually, their whole goal is to destroy you. Take you right into hell. That's what they want to do. Folks, yep. you've got to cut these things off. Uh, this stuff is real. Uh, now, you were... Ex- explaining some of how you got involved in deliverance ministry and Mm -hmm. um, how did you begin to get people to pray for Uh, how did word begin to get out did you advertise was it word of mouth Uh, how do you get people to do deliverance on 
Well, what what was really funny about it was I put my own web page up, and uh, I started in 2014. And the weird thing about it was I didn't pay anybody. Uh, you know, it's called uh, search engine optimization SEO. Yes. And all of that, and uh, I didn't pay anybody for anything. All's I did because I don't know much about you know web pages or computers. You know, I'm in my 60s, so give you an idea. And uh, for some reason or another, I was always on the first page for the first like three years. Uh, Google search, I was on the on the first page, and uh, I had no idea as to why, other than it had to have been God or the Holy Spirit or Jesus. I mean, uh, that's the only thing I could tell you is it, people were finding me, and uh, there was no problem about it. Now, though, I I know today. I mean, uh, things have been very very slow, not only for me but for. All the deliverance ministers I know, things have been slow. So when people would contact you, what would be some of the problems that they would describe that they're going through that they believe they needed deliverance? Oh, it would be, you know, a whole host of problems. Uh, I had this one woman who was a nurse. She couldn't work because she was playing with a pendulum. And all of a sudden, there's like these five evil spirits that moved in moved into her body and were speaking to her nonstop. Wow. Uh, she couldn't get no sleep or anything, and uh, she couldn't hold down a job, and she had a uh, special needs child, and, you know, she was divorced from her husband, and uh, I was able to get all of those out. The only problem with her is, you know, I, I got them all out. I taught her how to become a born-again Christian. I baptized her. I told her what she can do, what she can't do. You know, I told her, I said, you know, being a born-again Christian is, you know, it's not like you're going to stand on the street corner and beat the Bible with your finger and point at people and scream and yell at them. You know, I told her, I said, you can go to a bar and have a drink. The sin is in intoxication, not in having one beer. You can have a beer at a bowling alley. You don't have to stop any of this stuff. But you do have to stop a lot of certain things. And you want to keep yourself in the Word. You want to keep yourself around Christ, basically Christian idealism. Uh, read the Bible, read it out loud, because evil spirits hate that, because there's going to be more coming back trying to get in. And, uh, you know, it takes time for that to stop. And uh, she would come back again with a new tattoo, and, you know, I'd have her repent for that, and this and that, and she already knew she wasn't supposed to. And after, like, the fourth or fifth time, I said, that's it. I'm not going to deal with you anymore because you know what you're doing and you know it's wrong. And, you know, I get all of these things out, but the thing is, is evil spirits only tempt you to do things. They only tempt you to sin. You're the one that actually has to sin. You know, and when you're committing a sin, you know, after five times in a row and after having all these evil spirits, and, you know, her excuse was, well, I'm just living my life the way everybody else does. And I said, well, everybody else isn't getting attacked the way you are and the ones that aren't getting attacked satan already has he's not going to attack the people he already has he's going to go after the ones that he doesn't have you're here trying to prevent that but then you go out on your own the minute you leave my office and you know you're going right back to what you're doing so every every time i pull them out you open the door it gets worse. You know, as it says in Scripture, it'll return to a clean-swept house with seven more, more powerful than him. Right. So, you know, I have no choice. I, You know, I had to stop. You know, and the thing was, is people put no value on it. I was doing it for free for four years. And then I started to charge a little bit. And when I started to charge a little bit, people were more respectful of it. I mean, I'd have people make appointments. You drive an hour to get there, knock on the door, and uh, I changed my mind. I'm sorry. They wouldn't call. They'd wait till you got there to tell you they changed their mind, wow. or they just wouldn't answer the door. So, you know, after you start charging, that stuff stops. But, you know, they were playing, you know, a lot of people were playing me for a fool. And I understand that, though, because they're demonically infected. There's a difference between possession and infection. A Christian can't be possessed, but he can be infected. And, uh, you know, we're all sinners. Show me somebody that says that he's not a sinner, and I'll show you a liar, <laughs> which right. means he's sinning. <laughs> so, you know, we, we all have open doors, and they come in. And just because you repent does not mean they're going to leave. 
So, you know, that's the whole thing that these people start to understand and they become born again. And I have them go through everything. And the big thing that a lot of people miss, a lot of churches miss, is that God's not going to forgive anybody unless you forgive everyone who's harmed you or sinned against you. Well, that's and true. You, right. We have to forgive yeah. be forgiven. Or the tormentors are unleashed against us. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, when you do forgive give all of these people you don't have to go up to them they don't even have to know you forgive them you're forgiving them for you but you have to forgive them and i have an exercise that i had put people through where they were really harmed by someone and i have them sit there and really concentrate and think back on how it felt as to what happened and i actually have people sitting in a chair crying and i tell them you have to release this and let it go forgive them for yourself right now and let it go and you know they're not going to be able to do it right away but once they start with the effort and they continue with that eventually they will be able to let it go and with that god will god will uh, forgive their sins now the other thing that i was going to say was uh getting back to that little girl uh with the mother for uh, repenting for for the sin of the daughter for allowing it to happen for her to her although she didn't know she still allowed it to happen so what I learned by that was that you could take an adult and when you go to ask them for uh, when you tell them that they have to repent well they can't repent if they're an alcoholic they can't because repent means you're to do a complete turnaround and you can't repent for that because you're going to go out in a, in, a, in a couple hours and have another drink or if you're addicted to drugs but what I did learn was if you ask God for forgiveness and for help with that addiction or sin that does give you a clean slate and it breaks the evil spirit's legal right and I've done it hundreds of times you, you call up an evil spirit he'll say well this guy's a drug addict okay fine go back down you call the person up repeat after me heavenly father i hereby ask for forgiveness for taking drugs and i ask you for help in stopping and i go back i call the evil spirit back up you got a legal right now nope i said okay you gotta go and of course you know it's not like on tv they get comfortable in there and they don't want to leave even if they don't have any legal rights they still don't want to leave right you have to put pain and torment on them and you know you have to have a strategic battle plan to put pain and torment on them to force them to come out and go to the pit. You know, I agree that um, confessing the sin is not enough. Um, you still have to take the next step and command these spirits to come out. In other words, that removes the legal right when we repent of our sins. But those mm -hmm. things still need to be ordered to come out and challenged. Um, oh, yeah. Otherwise they'll, otherwise, they'll stay in there. They want to stay in there. They're comfortable. I mean, was, you know, a lot of evil spirits have been in a person, depending on how old they are, they could be in there for 50 years. That's why Paul's talking about, you know, we wrestle, you know, with not with flesh and blood, but against these principalities and powers, you know, against these demonic forces. Uh, they have mm -hmm. to they have to be driven out, cast out. They're not willingly going to go. Uh, they've got a lot to lose. Absolutely. So, and Jesus said that. Jesus said it's us that has to do it. He told us to do it. Don't pray to God to do it. You could pray and ask Him for help, but Jesus told us to do it. And there's even some that only come out with prayer and fasting. What's that tell you? That you yeah. know, just mm -hmm. further corroborates what we're saying here. Uh, if they just came out, then all you need to do is repent of your sins, get saved, and you'd be delivered. But I know a lot of people repented of their sins, got saved. They need deliverance. I needed deliverance. I was saved. Yet I had demons inside that had a legal right. And um, we weren't even certain what was going on. Then cried out to the Lord, he told me, you have a generational curse you need to break. What's that tell you, folks? They don't all come out at salvation. Does everybody get healed at salvation? No. These are things that can be appropriated. But there's some action that needs to be taken. And that's why um, deliverance needs to be in every church out there. It's a children's bread. If we're not doing deliverance, uh, we're going to get in some serious trouble. So I put up on Rick Warren's Twitter today. He was making some smart aleck 
remark, uh, Stu Peters picked up on it, then I jumped into the conversation. Not to say he read my note, but I, I spoke my mind. I can still do that on Twitter, not so much on some of the other st- platforms. And I said, hey, man. I said, number one, Rick uh, Rick was, was or is a member of the Committee on Foreign Relations. I, I know he was, and I think he still is active because I looked it up on their own website, which is a, a, a beast uh, anti-Christ uh, think tank group. Look it up, folks. The CFR. He's a member. What's he doing with a member, being a member? He's compromised. But this is the same man who I reminded him his son murdered himself at his family's house after a board game put a pistol to his chest and pulled the trigger. And then they said, mm-hmm. oh, my son had mental health issues. Let's let's all really get behind uh, the issue of mental health. No, he was demonized. And I said, mm-hmm. Rick, I wonder where he got his demons. Your son needed deliverance, just as this guy needs deliverance. No deliverance, he suicided, killed himself. Now the shame is, that boy didn't have to die. But that church does not do deliverance. Right. It does not. And so, what then are you going to use to battle the very demons inside that are taking people out left and right in body bags? Look at all the famous people who have suicided. Who even remarked before their deaths, they battled demons. Mm -hmm. They were telling you the exact truth. They battled demons. And there's not anything that is capable of dealing with that except the deliverance ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And churches that don't do it, they're in dereliction of the duty. And I Absolutely. could you know, preach this till Jesus comes back. Most of them are not going to make a change, but those tuning in tonight hopefully can pick up on this truth if you're not already aware of it, that one-third of Jesus Christ's ministry was the casting out of devils. And just as Don just said, we're to do this. Jesus isn't going to do it for you and I. He says, in my name they shall cast out devils. He gave us power and authority. He gave us the keys of the kingdom, binding and loosing. And I'm thankful, my brother, for your part in this and uh, what you have done. Since 2014, that's remarkable. You've been involved in deliverance ministry, and uh, God has used you mightily. Uh, There's such a need for deliverance ministers. Don, back over to you. Oh, thank you. There, there is a big need for us, and you know the one thing people have to realize, though, is uh, Jesus's ministry was two thousand years ago, and after he left, you know, of course, we continued and moved on, but so did the evil spirits, and they've had two thousand years to hone their skills. And yes, although Jesus told us that we could cast out devils, if you had some pretty big ones in you, you don't want to do it yourself because you need the knowledge okay you need the knowledge on what's going on in order to do it they're very very smart they're dumb in one way and they're very intelligent in another way so you really need someone who knows what they're doing okay i mean it's great to have people to pray for you okay but you know they still have to be pulled out and you know you don't want to deal with something that you don't know about because it could only make things worse so you really need to find somebody who's been doing this. And, and I know, like me, for example, when I first started, I had to say a prayer of protection. And when I was pulling evil spirits out of people, at the end of the session, I was head to toe. I was sweating. I, I was completely soaked head to toe. And I was exhausted. And now, and, and also, I prayed for protection before that. I had a woman come for an, a, uh, an appointment one time, and I forgot. And I didn't say a prayer of protection. And right in the middle of doing the exorcism on her, I had to run and throw up myself. But as I continued to do them, I no longer have to say a prayer of protection. I know God has my back now. I no longer sweat, and I'm no longer exhausted because the more you do the more anointing you get if if you know the more you do for people the more anointing god's going to give you in this and i found that to be true with every deliverance minister i've ever met and the stronger the anointing the easier it is that's right it's like and, uh, 
And we're getting back to what you said about the uh, the drug dealers uh, down in Mexico and yes. so forth uh, with, with the uh, with the black magic down there. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but they had discovered that if you remember back in 1989, there was a big shootout between the FBI and uh, two Hispanic men in Florida, and right. several FBI agents were killed. It happened right in the street. Yes. And what they had discovered, and they just discovered this recently from what I understand, was they had set up an altar and they were praying and they got a berserker evil spirit in them. Whoa. And the berserker, the word berserker comes from berserk, of course, and that comes from Northern Europe, where like the Vikings, I, I don't want to say the word Vikings, but it might be them or someone similar to them. Yes. Used to, used to use that. And they would get their berserkers, and they would put them in the front of the line for battle. That was the Vikings. And these, they would dress yes, up, and uh, they would cover their bodies, I think, in blue paint. They were known as the berserkers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the, these guys were like um, that Filipino tribe <laughs> that got hopped up on dope, and they would just charge people with their spears and... Uh, that's why I think they had to develop a new round for the uh, pistol because the forty-five because the thirty-eight special wasn't doing the job. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, once they got the and you know, it's not that they're acting like that. They get pumped up into it. They actually have an evil spirit in them. Wow, and and that's what's given the energy to do that. And these are the things, and you know, we're at war big time now. I mean, you know, I don't even want to get in touch on this transsexual stuff and all of this stuff that's going on here because we all know that's demonic. Oh, yeah. And Satan is attacking us heavy. And there's so many things out there you have to learn, like the berserker spirit. I mean, that if you look at, uh, you know, bloodline curses, you know, you could have a great, 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 great grandfather who murdered someone. And it could skip generations, but it can come down the line to you, and you may be suffering from anger behind the wheel of a car because of what your grandfather did. You know, your great-great-great-grandfather. That's right. That's got to be so overlooked. Makes sense now. It says you break the heads of viper bites, you open up the door through pharmacia, this berserker demon gets in, and... uh, these demons are just manifesting what the Bible says is true. They come to kill, steal, and destroy. I bet you the common denominator in all these violent crimes are demons. And uh, you might have to pull a gun to protect yourself. I understand that. I'm for self-defense. But at the same time, um, we need to know the authority to bind and loose. I saw a video of a lady who was in some type of convenience store hold up. And she was just coming back up to the register with her her drinks and uh, chips or whatever it was and saw a guy there holding up the cashier. And the guy turned on her. And she bound that demon in the name of Jesus, began to rebuke it in Jesus' name. And that uh, would-be thug was paralyzed. Didn't know what to do. Stopped (laughs) right in his tracks. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I don't recall if the person ran out of the store, but uh, didn't kill her. The threat was neutralized because she went right after what was driving it, an evil spirit. Mm -hmm. I often think that there's a day coming where we're going to confront somebody looking down the barrel of a gun, and you're not going to have any other means to protect yourself but the power of God, and you need to be able to bind those demons in Jesus' name. Uh, we'll Amen test and see that. if it works one day. Um, we're uh, live with Don. I've been there. I've been there already. I was a I was a New Jersey cop for twenty five years before I retired. That's right. Um, did uh, you probably had to arrest some people along the way? Correct. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, because of politics and nepotism, I was a patrolman in a black and white in patrol for twenty one years before I got a detective shield. Holy cow! So, that's a long time on patrol. Um, yeah, as a patrolman. Yeah, so it's uh, I've had my share of arrests, believe me. And it was patrolled. It wasn't traffic, so we didn't do accidents. We just went to bar fights, burglaries, thefts, domestic disputes. That That's all I did. Okay, so when I said a long time, meaning uh, you've been there and done that, so you speak from experience. 
And uh, in that time, uh, did anybody ever uh, pull a gun on you or come after you with a knife? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, the funny thing about it was was uh, about a week after I retired. You know, once you retire, a week after I retired, I was already in Arizona because I bought the house before I retired and everything. I was all set. And a week after I retired and I settled in Arizona, I started to get post-traumatic stress disorder and I knew what it was. Wow. And a, a, a memory that was pushed into the back of my head came forward and it was about a guy who had a gun, a, a gun barrel two inches from my forehead. And... I forgot all about it, but it came back on me, and my body started shaking, and I broke out in a cold sweat, but at the same time, I knew what it was, so I was actually laughing. Good grief. And the, and the funny thing about it was, was uh, uh, I had just, uh, ju I just took a one-year enlistment with the Arizona Rangers, and there was a psychiatrist there, and I asked him about it, and because what had happened was right after I got the uh, right after I started getting this I got my CPAP machine because I snored like anything and uh, it stopped and I asked him about it and he says oh yeah if you get a CPAP machine there's a good chance that any post-traumatic stress disorder you have might stop because of the CPAP machine now how that works I have no idea but that's what he told me so a week after I got it it stopped because I had the CPAP machine Wow! and I never had it again well, let me ask you this. Uh, did you ever encounter any uh, cartel or uh, gangs on your patrols? Uh, not so much gangs. Uh, I had some. I had an arrest or two with the mob, but not with the gangs. Wow. Where were you? Uh, where did you spend your time at on the force? What state were you in? It was Edison, New Jersey, okay. uh, where Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Well, that makes sense. So you got more of the mob element up there in New Jersey, New York areas, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, I'm just curious. Did, the, did this guy threaten you? He said, you know, I'm going to get them. They're coming. They're going to get you. Well, it was a funny story, actually. I got a call that uh, this woman was having a party at her house, and... It was fairly a large front yard, too, and, you know, 9 o'clock at night, there's an overflow onto the front yard, and uh, I got a call that some guy with an S SUV drove across the front lawn and almost run somebody over. Whoa. So, I get there, and I'm speaking to the victim, and I said, well, let me, let me speak to the homeowner, because I need the information for the report. And when he goes in to get the homeowner, he, he comes back out about two minutes before the homeowner comes out with a picture in his head and there's a picture of a guy standing next to who was then president bill clinton and he says this is the guy that was in the passenger side of the vehicle that almost hit me what and then and wow. then when a woman comes out she says that's my husband who i got a restraining order against and uh and you know the, the husband and the, and the wife, they were in their 50s at the time, and uh, she said, yeah, I have a restraining order against him, so now it became a domestic violence issue with a violation of a restraining order. Oh, my goodness. So now I started taking a report on that, and uh, once, it was, once it was filed and everything else, uh, that night, uh, how someone found out, I don't know, but the guy found out, and he called the station commander and started threatening threatened me and uh, a day a day later after that because this guy was out on on bail uh, from being charged with penny stock fraud oh so his bail was revoked plus the domestic violence so we found him and he had to turn himself in but he uh, he he threatened me though and uh, we got a call the next day my lieutenant took it and it was from a capo and he said look this guy is meaningless to us and we want to apologize to that officer for the threats this man will no longer be a problem to you once he gets out of jail wow wow and mm. that was the last i ever heard of him or the case because he pled guilty to the domestic violence and of course he wanted he went to jail for penny stock fraud so good grief that's a, because that's they yeah, they don't want to bring attention to themselves, especially with the police. That's the last thing you want. We've got about 
six minutes, I, I want to uh, don't want to forget to ask you this question. Um, some time back, we did a program, and you told me about in the course of one of the exorcism sessions that you did. It involved somebody who had an evil doll that was in a box or a cage. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, and you had this for a yes. while. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. I got. What it was was it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, someone bought a. Uh, I think it was on eBay. Maybe someone bought a used Santa Claus doll. Right. That's it. What happened to it? I ended up. I ended up. Well, I just cleansed it and tossed it in the trash, and it got buried in a landfill. Wow! But uh, what it was was it was in a storage room, and because uh, they bought it like a couple of months before Christmas, so it was in a storage room. And every time they would go in a storage room, it wouldn't be there; it'd be in a different place. And you know, they were assuming that the doll had an evil spirit, and it was probably walking around. But you know, you and I both know that there's an evil spirit in the house, and he's just picking it up and moving it to mess around with them. Yes, and that's what they had um, experienced with this evil Santa Claus doll? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Now, what happened when you got it? Did uh, Oh, I, I, never, I never had a problem with it because it was the evil spirit in that house that was moving it around. I never heard from them again. They just mailed me the thing. They didn't want it no more, and they didn't <laughs> think that they, it would be a good idea to destroy it. Okay. So they didn't know what to do, so they sent it to you, but ultimately you got rid of it. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I cleansed it, but, you know, there, there was nothing in it. You know, I cleansed because the evil spirit's still in that house. And, you know, they never contacted me as far as having problems. So maybe it was a weak evil spirit, and all it did was haunt the house a little bit, and they got rid of the doll, so the thing went somewhere else. You know, who knows? You know? That's an amazing story. Uh, Don, how do people make contact with you? Are you uh, taking any appointments for deliverance? Uh, what are you doing in 2023? Yeah, ex- yeah, I sure am. Uh, things have been slow, believe it or not, and uh, I've been ever since I've been charging in before that I've been losing several thousand dollars a year, and uh, I put a couple of thousand more into advertising, and I hired somebody, a search engine optimization guy, and uh, I had some new flyers made up and stuff, and uh, rack cards and things like that, and uh, my website is theforgottenministry.org. And all my information is on there, theforgottenministry.org. Let me write that down, theforgottenministry.org. Do you have an email address that they can write you to also? Yeah, it's uh, it's very easy. It's Rev for Reverend, D-O-N for Don, and my last name, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Everybody spells it wrong, but it's it's R-E-Y, not E-R-I-S or anything else. It's just J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. So Rev Don Jeffrey at gmail.com have you considered writing a book about your experiences I have and I've been doing it for several years and the problem I've encountered with it was it's sort of like it's two books in one and I've been messing around with it trying to get one thing out but with my back pain the problem that I have is when the back pain is really bad then I can't do anything. And then when the back pain is good for one day, then I got to catch up on my housework. So, you know, it's it's really rough to get the time to finish it. But hopefully, I hope to finish it by the end of this year. I, I told people last year I'd be done with it in two months. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still here. I'm up to about 170 pages now on it. Whoa, that's and, extraordinary. Wow. And, and, you know, a lot of it is how to become a born-again Christian because, you know, a lot of the churches don't tell people. They'll baptize you, but they don't tell you what else you need to do. So a, a lot of it is about that as well. So I would say half of the book is about how to become born again. And, you know, you can become a born-again Christian in 20 minutes, and 19 of those minutes is making a list of your sins to repent for. And the other, and the other part of the time consuming for that is uh making a list of the people you have to forgive you know it only it only takes 30 seconds to get baptized and it only takes another 30 seconds to say the prayer for uh asking for forgiveness and then forgiving those you just say heavenly father i hereby forgive a b c d and e for what they've done for me you don't have to say what he already knows 
So, you know, you say a prayer at forgiving those people. You say a prayer asking forgiveness and repenting for your sins and that you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And a lot of people say you don't need to get baptized, become born again. But I don't recall where it is in the Bible because I am bad with remembering verses. But Jesus did say, get baptized. So, you know, you get a full immersion baptism because I didn't get the calling under the you know, under the regular baptism that most of these large churches do. I only got the calling to do this after a full immersion baptism. Mark 16 uh, says we're to get baptized. Receive the gospel and be baptized. Go ahead. And and then also, it's it's also in a Didache, which is not part of the Bible, but it was a booklet that the apostles put out to further explain how to be a good Christian and how to do these things. I'm not familiar with that one. The Didache, but uh, stand by. Uh, st- uh, I'm sorry. And then having um, forgiven others and repented of sins, how would you? what prayer would you pray to ask Jesus in your heart? Well, you know, that's the whole thing with this is a lot of people buy these books on prayer and everything else, and you don't need it. All you need to do is talk to God, Heavenly Father. I hereby forgive A, B, C, and D for the sins that they and the harm that they they committed, you know, at me and towards me. And then I also ask forgiveness and repent for A, B, C, D, you know, whatever. And in Jesus' mighty name, that's all you have to do. Besides, you know, I ex- I hereby accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But when you are, when you are, remember there are three and one in the same. So, but when you are praying to God, you know, I always call him Heavenly Father, Uh, I never call him Lord, because Jesus is my Lord and Savior. So, you know, evil spirits are legalists, and you don't want to give them any type of edge. So, I always address God as our Heavenly Father, and I address Jesus as Jesus or Lord. Amen. Uh, No man can come unto the Father except by me, Jesus said. We have to go through Jesus Christ, his Son. So, uh, you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, and um, ask Jesus into your heart, forgive you of your sins. And it's it's not rocket science, folks. Very simple. All who call right, the, the name only, of them, go The ahead. only thing you got to remember is is ask for forgiveness. Uh, forgive others first, because True. God's not going to forgive you. So if you if you if you ask for forgiveness first, and and God's not going to forgive you. And but if you ask. If you tell him that you're forgiving everybody who harmed you first, then God will forgive you. So it's important to let God know in a prayer, Heavenly Father, I hereby forgive so-and-so and so-and-so for sinning against me in Jesus' name. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. That's uh, that's uh, not optional, folks. We must forgive to be forgiven. Uh, Don, I want to thank you. For coming on today, why don't you, those that are willing to meet those conditions and have, uh, lead them in a prayer to receive Jesus into their heart and close us in prayer. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we are still gathered here together and I want to thank you for that. And I know Satan was fighting me left and right with getting back on Skype because I haven't been on it for a while and I had to pour the blood of Christ, your only begotten son, over my computer to get it operating again. And I want to ask you that you uh, allow these pe- listeners and everyone to understand what we've just spoken about, about becoming born again, that it's accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior, your only begotten Son, and that it's also about forgiving everyone before they ask and then do ask and repent for their sins, as well as a full immersion baptism, which basically... Let them understand, Heavenly Father, that that seals the deal. This this way they can receive their, their exorcism, and, re, and the exorcism will bring them the deliverance, and it will bring them closer to walking in your way and in your path through Jesus Christ. And we can't give you enough uh, praise and glory, for, for you are truly amazing in everything that you do and say. And I also want to bring that it's it's not idolatry that, but uh, the word is God and God is the word. So treat your Bible with a little respect. Don't put a cup of coffee on it. Let them understand that as well, Heavenly Father. As we uh, we give you the praise and the glory, and we thank you, and we ask for everyone's safety and health. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. 
folks, uh, go over to Don's website, theforgottenministry.org. My friend, God bless you. Thank you for coming on. We'll get you back on again soon. God bless. God bless you. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. That's Don Jeffrey. Let's go to our next program. We got Michael Basham coming up next. Here we go. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.